0: For instance, if I was to give a really strong class, for me, I think that's going to bring up quite a bit in some of the, the students. So it'd be like, what's the inner dialogue? What are they going through? Are they going through like, oh, look what everybody's doing. I'll never be able to achieve that. Or this class is just too strong for me. And so there's an element of truth of like, okay, if it's too strong, what's the best choice for you? Maybe you need something different in your life at this moment where you need to slow down. And so it's making me think of a good friend and he would describe yoga as like, he says that yoga isn't there to make you feel good, it's just there to make you feel. And so we get to tap into what's really going on with us and then we can make a choice from there. Hi,
1: I'm Derek Mills. Welcome to The Glow Podcast. In this episode, I continue my series of teacher interviews. Today, my guest is Mark Laws, joining us from Bali. Before Mark taught yoga, he was a professional footballer or a soccer player as we say here in the States. Mark shares how the pressure of playing sports brought out a competitive mindset, a nagging sense of never being good enough and sparked an exploration of his inner world. Mark calls sports his first philosophy teacher. The theme of introspection continues as Mark shares his journey from professional sports into sports therapy, and later to teaching yoga. He says that yoga has allowed him to process what sports have taught him, his competitive mindset and feelings of not being good enough, which is a journey that I can certainly identify with, have developed into self-awareness, curiosity, and gratitude. And for those of you who have experienced Mark's classes online or in person will know that these gifts, along with his wisdom, grace, and love, come through in his teachings. I hope you enjoy this episode of The Glow Podcast with Mark Laws. Hello, Mark. Good morning. Derek, good morning. It's so great to see you. Just seeing you makes me smile. You have one of those smiles that is infectious.
0: I would say likewise.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I see you're drinking tea. It's for everyone listening. Mark is in Bali right now. I am on uh, the West Coast of the U.S. and it's early morning for you. And I see you're drinking tea. What kind of tea are you drinking?
0: Uh, it's a it's a blend of gai matcha with uh, matcha tea. So they kind of dusted the the tea leaves in in matcha, mm-hmm. and and then you get this like vibrant. Is that your typical? Uh, sometimes sometimes it's just a coffee.
1: Nice. Yeah. For me these days, it's matcha. I'm, I'm a little, both physically and
0: emotionally hooked. Right. It does something to you, man. It's like, uh, there was a, there was a gentleman I met in Fiji and he was uh, serving tea to me and he was like, the, the tea speaks. He said, she speaks. And when he said that, I was like, you know what? Like it does. Like when I drink coffee, it speaks to me in a different way or different teas speak to my body in a different way. Or I, I it brings out something else in me, like the essence. And um, yeah, so that's why I love tea so much. It's like, what's it going to bring out of me today?
1: So in, in terms of the tea or the coffee speaking to you, yeah, is it more that it speaks to you and, and you, you, you're you hearing a voice or you're channeling a voice or energy or is it more the latter that it has an effect on you in a certain way and that in so doing speaks to
0: you? Yeah, I, I've, that's a good question, man. Yeah, it's it's more of like, you know, I believe there's many ways of communication, it's not just through words. And um, so it's more of a feeling of the way it communicates to me, and what arises from that that sip. I feel like it's anything that we put into our mouth or digest or even our external environment, everything. Uh, we kind of dance with it and and we that um, yeah, makes us feel different ways. And I feel like that speaks to me in, on a deep level. Um, you know, because some can make me feel a bit heavier groggy and some can make me feel real feel uh really vibrant. hmm How about you? How do teas make you feel you're on the matcha right now? You know
1: yeah, I'm on the matcha right now. I I don't you know I was on a puer ride for a while. Mm, yep. I, I enjoyed that. Uh before that I was I, I can definitely say I was addicted to chai for a long time. I had to I had to quit it. And Coffee is is intense. You know, if I, you know, if if say, matcha is like a s- steady, lovely, traveling companion. Coffee is like the gremlin on my shoulder, <laughs> uh, nudging me to just to, to go hard and intense and, and 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 a and a bit wild, whereas the Something about the matcha is more like a wise sage <laughs> guide.
0: Mm, mm, yeah, you see what I mean. That's what yeah. I mean by communication. You you saw this. You said it so eloquently. Of that, the ride—that's the word you use—is like that ride that you get from each one.
1: I wanted to thank you for sending that incredibly lovely video to our team. We our team meets virtually every Monday morning. And you sent us a video expressing how you felt about uh, some of the work that our team had done recently. And uh, I know I thanked you privately for this, but I wanted to pu- thank you publicly as well because it it meant so much, you know, to, for our you know our team to hear directly from uh, you. Often, when you're busy creating and developing, especially for our engineers, there aren't often those touch points with say customers or with teachers. And so to have that direct moment of hearing the impact and, you know, to what extent their work and efforts and passion uh, pays off. It's this direct sense of, of meaning and value. And uh, yeah, I can't overstate just how important that is. And so thank you so much for doing that.
0: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Derek. Yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, yeah, there's two things coming up for me in, in terms of like in my personal life, like the the practice of gratitude, as well as um, there's a uh, a ceremony that happens out here in Bali, it's probably one of the biggest ones called Galungan. And um, it speaks about it's almost like you're looking at the bigger picture because it is opening the space to our ancestors. And so when it makes me think of like the history of the people before us that left their essence and left their gifts that we could build upon it makes my mind think of like well, well i'm doing this amazing stuff you know through the the glow app and you know even you like there's so much gratitude to you i was, I was sending to you privately of you know once you were there you were, you were following a dream or this or this feeling of bringing this into existence and then the team know, specifically talking about developing this app of how much they're giving to so many people, including myself, of all of us collaborating and being able to offer such a, a potent uh, technology or a potent exercise, you know, this yoga practice that, um, you know, we don't, we don't get to see everybody on the other side of it. But when we think about it, we're just like, wow, thanks to that person for putting in the work that they love that's developing something that we can share is such a powerful thing. And we start to look at technology, uh, in a positive way, but yeah, I had so much love for, for all of you guys. It's such a, a beautiful team. Um, and fam, I like to call it at glow.
1: Uh, thank you. I appreciate that very much. Mm. Yeah, man. Speaking of technology, the fact that we're on different sides of the planet right now <laughs> having this conversation and, and recording this, it's pretty incredible. Yeah and i wanted to thank you for hosting a podcast episode on glow you know mark interviewed celeste Pereira for um one of our episodes and i think that was back in september of, of 2022 and mm-hmm. it, yeah that was wonderful thank you for doing that
0: yeah absolutely yeah that was a pleasure of um i loved it man it was like uh, to be invited um to interview someone and now being interviewed by you and uh taking a moment just to uh again like dive deep into what everybody has to offer like when you were a kid at least this is what, what it was like in my family and the adults would start speaking and it was time for like the kids to leave the room they're like come on adults are speaking go out and play just get away and sometimes you just wanted to be the the fly on the wall right and just hearing and I was like I feel like that's what podcasts are we get to be a fly on the wall for so many different people we'd like to just listen to the conversation
1: yeah that's a great way of putting it I agree there are So many people, there's so much content out there and and in any given moment, it seems obvious to say like, yeah, you can just tap into so many different Mm worldviews. So in your bio, you refer to a particular class that you took when you realize that you could help your clients Mm. get to the root of their physical and mental ailments. So I have a two part question to kind of kick us off here. One, what was that realization? And two, like what were the key moments or experiences, say in childhood or early adulthood that led you to that important moment of connecting the dots?
0: Hmm. All right. Um, I like this like Pulp Fiction. We'll we'll start in the middle and then we'll work our way back and then come to the now. Um, That's right. <laughs> so <laughs> I, from that moment in, I was in London when I took this class. And from that moment, I think it must've been eight years from when I took my first class. And in between that eight years, I probably did yoga a handful of times because Bikram was hot no pun intended. And uh, so every once in a while, I would do it when I was traveling. But I just saw it as a physical practice. And, and also, I didn't really see it as a, a practice it was more of this is great for my physical flexibility. And it helps my, um, my game as a, as a footballer or a soccer player. And um, so maybe I would do it, let's say two or three times a year. And then fast forward, and I started to dabble in a little bit more yoga, and I got invited to go to um, a studio. Um, it's probably my first proper yoga studio, and this gentleman named Stuart Gilchrist. He um, he was leading the class. I think he's been teaching for over thirty years, maybe forty years. And this gentleman, he uh, he used to be a a lawyer, and uh, you know he'd he'd work for the weekends, and he's out with his boys or out with his people in Camden Town, and decides he wants to climb a wall, all drunk, and uh, he falls off the wall. And he breaks his back and he's paraplegic. He's in the hospital and uh, he just happened to date uh, a girl that did yoga and she started to teach him some breathing exercises. And he said that those breathing exercises started to bring back his body. And eventually the asana practice brought back all of his strength and he's fully able and, and walking again and has one of the strongest practices. And uh, he dedicated his life to the yoga from then and there. And um, you can still find him teaching around London. He's very, uh, I would describe him. I go into this class and um, he's got these piercing bluish green eyes and long dreadlocks. He's got the Scottish accent and he's built like a, a a Yogi. Um, And he delivers his class and reminds you, like I'm, I'm still like in this highly competitive uh, state of mind. Um, And he's, calling out these, this asana. And he's like, you know, a uh, downward facing dog, jump into handstand, do this, do that. And I was like, no way, no way. I just had to stop and look to the side and look to the other side. I'm like, Whoa, people are doing this. This is incredible. And then it lit me up because I was like, I wanted to be competitive. So I'm looking over to the side. I'm like, yeah, I can do what he's doing. You know, one day I can be better than that person. And it's, this is my inner dialogue. I could just hear it. And as this inner dialogue's happening, he's speaking and he's talking about the ego. And as he's breaking down the ego and calling out the asana, I was like, oh my God, that's me. I'm so egotistical. Oh my gosh. And suddenly everything just clicked. That was my like tipping point where it was like first was how egotistical I was in terms of I was giving my power away because I wanted to be better than the next man. Right rather than being inspired by the next man and then just looking within myself and being like what's this potential where it's limitless rather than i can only get to the level of the next man and then the next man and the next man and suddenly i was like i had this whole other realm that i can sit in of just like wow i can i can grow into well, limitlessness you could just keep on going and it felt lighter and then for that moment that clicked and then because of that clicking there was I saw all these layers of within myself of like, my mental constructs of like how I'm thinking, how, how that had an effect on my body. And then all of a sudden, that just intertwined with all the clients that I was seeing over years of what they were dealing with and, and realizing, because it's a very intimate setting. You know, sports therapy, you're, you're in your room, and you're um, having a talk with your clients. And you, they share some very intimate things, of like what they're going on in their what's going on in their life. And And also we're dealing with this physical ailment. And in that moment, the yoga just shot all of these different layers of self of like realizing with my clients that there was so much that was happening to them because of the way they were, their mindset, like pushing themselves to the edge of thinking that they needed to, well, push themselves to the edge and not take good care of themselves. It's like the, I forgot who said it. Was it Aristotle talking about like, you know, most people will focus on the wealth and forget about their health, and then end up spending their wealth on retain, re, trying to retain their health or bring it back, and it's like this vicious circle. And that's what that's what dropped all of that dropped for me in that very moment, in that very class. And then so I approached my clients in a completely different way, where there was um, one woman in particular. Um, I was just I was an just so happy for her when she came in with this terrible back pain, lower back. And she, um, she's had it for over nine months. And um, as she's speaking to me, she's barely taken a breath. And I'm noticing this. And she seems so stressed out. And so we decide to lay her down. And we just do a bit of massage. But during the massage through her back and doing a few different stretches, all it was cueing was the breath. And we cued the breath for 30 minutes, just nice, long, deep breaths. And then um, that was it. So she left. She came back for her second session the next week. And she's like, I don't know what you did, but I feel my back pain is gone. Everything just feels wonderful. What did you do? And it's like, I knew in that moment that now she can receive what I was about to say. And I was like, well, it wasn't me. It wasn't me that did anything. It was was you. I was like, do you notice your breath? And do you notice what's going on within yourself as you're dealing with these stresses of life? And in that moment, it, it clicked for her. We didn't need we didn't need any more sessions. She just she focused on her breathing. I I saw her maybe one more time. She talked about completely better 100% focusing on her breath. Now she said every once in a while she just take a moment to breathe. And somehow that was all she needed. It wasn't any special manipulation or massage technique or, or stretch or anything. It was just that that's all she needed. And because of that yoga classes, I was able to, to see another dimension and in fact, that was one of the reasons why I was like, okay, it's it's time to move into yoga and just uh, be a deeper student on what it has to offer, because it looks like someone did leave a manuscript for being a human being.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you, in that role, were helping people navigate pain. And in that moment, in that class, you connected with your own experience of, of pain in that seems like it or sounds like it was the beginning of a journey for you and and did that change how you experienced faced accepted the pain
0: in your life wow that's a good question Um, because i never saw my (laughs) my egotistical um, power as a pain um
1: And, and maybe i'm projecting here because you know, that's certainly when I reflect back on parts of my journey you know, the 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 moments where you know I experience the most shame or uh a- anger towards myself or uh judgment you know, typically the, if I trace it back to its origin, there's some <laughs> pain that i you know perhaps I'm not aware of it's unresolved or uh, you know it's just it's, it's there to be processed.
0: Absolutely, Derek. Yeah, it is. And, you know, when I traced back the source and, and you know, you you touched upon it where it's, it, it was like, there was this inner chat that seemed to dissolve, which was never, you know, being good enough. So it was usually coming from that space of like, I just got to be better 110%. This isn't good enough. And just being really hard on myself, really hard on myself. Especially, uh, you know, during the game of soccer, like people would come up to me, I remember after a game, and be like, wow, that was an amazing game. And if I felt like made, I made one mistake, I couldn't, re- I couldn't receive their praise whatsoever. You know, I would just, I would be a little bit mopey, be like you, that's not good enough. That's just not good. You know, and so there's no, there's no chance to just enjoy like what, what, what I was doing. There's no cho- There's no chance to enjoy life. I was just taking the game so seriously. And not realizing that it's a game and uh, (laughs) we're going to have a good time. I feel like this is like, you know what, like football or soccer was definitely my first philosophy teacher of just like, of how you could live life and just a great insight. It's like a theater for an insight to like what's really going on within ourselves. And then yoga is like a way to slow it down. (laughs) So I can process it and do something with it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I start to link the two. I'm just like, wow, it offered so much, these two together. But yeah, definitely the source would be pain.
1: That is, that's one theme that I was hoping to cover with you is to what extent your experience and we can use football or soccer, the term interchangeably. It, it's a shame that uh, there isn't just one word for it <laughs> you know, across the globe. Although if we, if we took the majority of humans, uh, we would use the word football. Uh, in what ways has that part of your life informed how you teach yoga? Hmm.
0: Jeez. You yeah, ask really thought-provoking questions, where I just need to take a moment.
1: Because there aren't that many yoga teachers out there in the world who were professional soccer players.
0: Yeah, I. What I what I bring from it for sure is like the, I guess that there's the ability to look at somebody and it's almost like a, what football can do or soccer or the theater of the sp- of sports in general they, they bring out the rawness of us because they put us under pressure and I feel like sometimes pressure can bring up in fact I think most of the time pressure brings up what's really going on because when life is nice and sweet we don't really have to face anything but when we have some pressure then it lets us know where we really are versus where we think we are And so I had the opportunity to be with, you know, 18 players, um, 11 on the, on the pitch. And all of us are working out our personalities and the way we, um, move towards goals and working with others. And so there's this, one is the language we are using towards each other, but there's also this energy of the way we're treating each other, or if people are keeping the optimism. (laughs) If you know, if you're losing, can they keep the optimism? How long can they keep the optimism? And then through that, dab into that energy of just like, um, playing the game, what's their first reaction when they lose the ball? So it's like all of these um, like body language things, energetic things that I use when I approach yoga. And so when for instance, if I was to give a really strong class, for me, I think that's gonna bring up quite a bit in in some of the the students. So it would be like, what's the inner dialogue? What are they going through? Are they going through like, oh, look what everybody's doing, I'll never be able to achieve that? Or uh this class is just too strong for me. And you know, there's so there's an element of truth of like, okay, if it's too strong, what's the best choice for you? Maybe you need something different in your life at this moment where you need to slow down. Or maybe this is an opportunity to realize what's my inner dialogue as I, like mine was, as I approach challenges. Is it coming from like a loving place and an inspirational place? Or is it coming from somewhere else that doesn't actually feel as good as I would like it to feel? And so it's, it's making me think of a good friend and he would describe yoga as like he says that yoga isn't there to make you feel good. It's just there to make you feel And so we get to tap into what's really going on with us. And then we can make a choice from there.
1: My first asana, like in a class experience, uh, occurred long after I had been exposed to philosophy or texts where the word yoga mm. is used. I, I'd even traveled through India twice and I, I still hadn't taken a, an asana class until this one point when I was living in New York city. And I was taught by a teacher who uh, not uh, too, unlike y- yourself uh, teaches an, uh, a practice that can be physically demanding, but also is one that that truly invites us to feel deeply as you put it and it interwove philosophical concepts that were uh, mm. applicable or germane to the the practice mm. in that moment and it's you know how you teach uh, in that way and how your character comes through uh, as you uh navigate that and and you know deliver on, on that skill set that you have is something that I really appreciate about you and I'm curious is there anything about your background or your upbringing that created that affinity for philosophy or for connecting with your own interior life and your desire to invite others to connect and explore their own interior lives?
0: Mm. (laughs) Back to the second question. Um, Yeah, I feel like, what's coming up for me now is that i'm not sure if that was imprinted in me before I arrived or if it's in my DNA but also I also do realize as you were saying that what came up for me was a moment of feeling um, just not accepted uh by my external environment, so I was going through quite a bit of racism um when I was younger when i was um when I first moved to New Mexico. Uh, and that feeling of not being accepted um, also gave me insight to, well, two things. One, when I, when I, I'm the type of guy that like be at the cinema and I'll be watching the movie and then something will click and i will be like, I wonder what everyone else is doing. You know, what's their, what's their reactions? And I'll turn around just to see what everyone's faces look like as they're watching the screen. And so there's moments in life where I'll do that, where I'll look at the people around me and see what they're going through. So I'm just, I'm catching like their vibes, making sure that they're okay. And then through that, um, I think the not being accepted also created a drive to wonder why, why would people treat somebody else like this? Um, it's the psychology of not blaming them, but wondering like what they went through. And of course, like, I think being raised religious as well as you you start to ask questions of like, what is life? But then on the same point is like, I think one of the biggest reasons, at least the biggest reasons I give my life is what is our potential? And I want all of us to realize how free and powerful we actually are um, and how much of a miracle that this life is. And that we really don't know anything so therefore why should we draw the line in the sand when we're moving through life no matter what our endeavor is and just to keep that curiosity of coming from a space of awesomeness because <laughs> it truly is man like when i think about like my son's three years old and i'm just having another baby in december and to to see these to see these little eyes look at me from the most playful and loving place but also seeing him grow in my wife's tummy and then be alive right in front of me is like the most the biggest miracle that i've ever witnessed and then connecting that to everything the whole orchestration of like the cosmos and the gravity pool of all the planets and then we're one of those planets and it's like then there's the earth and growing all of these things and we're part of that perfect balance i'm just like what how can i how can i take the things that man makes so seriously that I can just like come back and be like, Oh, no, 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 chill out. Like, we're here to play. We're here to learn. And, um, and we don't know anything. So let's just continue to to move on. And I feel like all of those connected for me from my past, first coming from a place of like, just grief and and non acceptance and just wondering, you know, where to where do I fit in? You know, it's, and and starting with the physical, because that's what most people would judge me by. And we still do, right? They'll be like, they'll look at me and be like, like these days people are using black and white. And it's just like, well, actually my mother's Ukraine and Native American. My father's African-American, so slave ancestry. And then if we go beyond that, you know, beyond the names of the the countries, then there's something else there. And then if we just go to human and if we just continue the layers, it allowed me to find like this incredible self-acceptance and that realize that people are just looking at, a particular layer and just tuning in with what layer they're checking out, and hopefully inviting them to just take a moment to get to know a person or me and realize that there's so many layers that we can connect on that are beyond what we can see and I think that stems yeah from those challenges that I face as a as a child of um not wanting to be uh you know. Just, abused by words or, um, yeah, even physically sometimes back in the day. So, and it's just amazing to see how much has changed actually since then, now that you asked that question. Um, but yeah, I would say that would be, that's the main source that pops up for me immediately.
1: First of all, I'm I'm sorry you had those experiences. You know, I, I haven't attended any of your in-person workshops, uh, but I've heard you speak about them and, uh, and part of why I'm asking the questions, the way I'm asking them is because I, I, I sense that there is a very deep source of, of empathy that, that you're drawing from and, uh, painful experiences around, uh, not being seen and helping others in their own journey of, of, of being seen and seeing others. And, so I, yeah, that that's part of why I've, I've been, went down this line of, of questioning because I was just really curious as to where you know, some of that was coming from, and um, I, just, I just find it inspiring. And the fact that you're, uh, you know, to, to use a word that uh, you like to use a lot, which I, I like the word as well, like you've alchemized mm. your experiences yeah. and, and you've turned you've turned them into something that uh, you know, is truly not only helpful and healing for yourself but also helpful and healing you know for others and
0: that's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. I I love the I love the word. Yeah, definitely alchemize it. It, it isn't it so powerful to think of yourself as an alchemist? And then when you think of yourself in, as an alchemist like all of the elements of just like, oh, "How can I blend this together whether it be experiences or actual materials?"
1: You mentioned your son and the alchemy that's going on there you know, I think of it, it's so mind blowing to try to think of or comprehend the synchronicity of the incalculable number of moving biological pieces and the role also that serendipity is playing in inviting a human into the world. Mm,
0: yeah, we are incredible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I love that. I love just thinking about my little man. I just dropped him off. Um, He's going out for a nice little breakfast with his, with uh, mommy and her friend just dropped in from Australia. But yeah, just the the opportunity to, I think, just like to be with my son, but also just to be with kids in general. Because when I when I was um, I was lucky enough when I was a soccer player that every year we'd have to hold some sort of camp, like a week camp or a weekend camp, and so we're always working with the the youth, the kids growing up, and they're just amazing. And then I had a love for, um, I, I moved to Guernsey at one point in my life in the Channel Islands. It's just near France, but part of the UK crown, United Kingdom. And um, I had this like three months just space and I ended up working for a nursery. So I was working with preschoolers and stuff like that. And it's just like the greatest joy to work with kids. Because all you do is play all day, right? And you just look at this beautiful innocence and you get a little reminder of like, who you are, and where you came from, and what lights you up. And also the, like, for me now, and and Sage is like, giving him the space as well as myself to digest life and emotions or whatever we're going through. It's like, it's like, he's three years old, he's been on the planet for three years. Right? And it's like, course he's going to express himself in certain ways that's not just language because he's still building up his vocabulary and before that it was like again so many different layers of communication that i feel sometimes we forget with each other we want everything to be expressed in words rather than why not take a moment not to say any words for hours and see what arrives there but with him directly it's just like ah, okay he's he's here now. He's trying to express this. I don't want to shut that down whatsoever because sometimes the parent, the tools that maybe my parents had was just like, you know, if it's crying or if it's screaming just for a moment, because they're trying to express something like they're trying to say something, but they don't have the words, nor do they have the, the balance at the moment because the emotion has taken over like this new emotion, like I've been on earth for three years and like, still people are trying to figure it out in their thirties, forties, fifties. And, um, to offer that space of like, you can take this energy, and you can go in any direction with it. But first, we got to learn and be with it, not hide from it. You know, not mask it with, you know, as an adult, we can mask it with so many different things with our addictions. But to be able just to, to sit with it and just be like, all right, this is coming up for me. This is how it feels. What can I do with it? Can I move it in any other direction? And um Yeah, I noticed there's a lot of reflection just being with him in in his life and now coming from the place as a parent, but also not definitely not wanting to dictate anything to him, but just give him the space to to figure it out and let him know that he's safe. And I feel like um, that's something that he can offer if he decides to have children, give to the next generation. Like my parents gave me so much from the, the struggles that they had to, that they were challenged with as kids and then just continue that evolution, you know, as a family or just as a, as human beings.
1: No, it's beautiful. I haven't shared this yet publicly and I'll, uh, I'll discuss this with my wife before we publish this to see if it's okay to leave it in. But uh, we invited our daughter uh, Ella into the world this past April. So she did six months. And, and so
0: <laughs> Yes, man. Oh man. The goosebumps. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about so, you, my man. Yeah, That's we... beautiful. So beautiful. Congrats, man. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. A... <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you. It it was everything you're saying completely <laughs> resonates with me and I'm, I'm, I'm able to uh, process it in a way that I wouldn't have, you know, six, six months prior. Uh, but you're right. That ability to sit there and observe and let whatever it is that she is experiencing just be, as opposed to trying to fix it altogether. Now, of course, if she's in, obvious pain and I mean, you go into troubleshooting, mm-hmm. but, uh, I I've, I've noticed, you know, I'm, I'm 49 and, you know, I've had the, the great privilege uh, to learn a little bit about myself over the past few decades. And I've often, well, it might not be an exaggeration to say you know, every day I have noticed that a younger version of me in that particular moment would not have been as present mm-hmm. Would not have been as supportive. Would not have been as um, freely creating the space that you're referring to, you know, for yeah. for her to have her experience. And so, yeah, uh, yes,
0: soaking up the wonder and awe. <laughs> I'm so happy, man. <laughs> so happy for you. <laughs> oh, it fills me up. Yeah, man. I feel the same way about timing as well. Yeah, my younger self, I definitely would have approached it differently than I do now. I just feel, yeah, I feel so blessed that, you know, both of us had the opportunity to have the experience and also the tools, you know, to, to start from here, because there's no doubt other things are going to show up. But it's a good, it feels like a good starting point, you know? Oh my God, I'm so excited. for This is awesome (laughs) news. (laughs) I'm exploding over here, man. Oh, right on.
1: Our team behind the scenes just loves connecting with our teachers, you know, throughout the entire experience from onboarding to creating co-creating classes together and so on. And so one of the questions that they've asked me to ask our teachers is what is it like working behind the scenes with Team Glow? Mm,
0: Yeah. I love that question. Cause I feel, I feel in the world today, at least that's what it's changing. I feel, but when I was growing up, it was all about the the lone wolf or the lone ranger or this person that did everything by themselves. You know, like we, we seem to, um, it's almost like a, uh, what's the word? Like we celebrate and praise our champions. Like we can take, like sports, for instance, we'll take one player and they'll just be like, it's that player. They're the best player. And it's like, okay, well, what about the rest of their team? Like, what are they going through? What are they sacrificing? And you know, what are their efforts? And I feel like that paradigm may shift one day when we, cause I, I do appreciate like MVP and like man of the match and, and things like that. But I feel like so many other players don't get the praise they deserve. And so that's another like thing that's coming from football or soccer is that when working with the, the glow team, I'm just like, everybody needs to know the love that these people have and the, just the sheer joy of just working with all of them and hearing their perspectives and their passions for what they're doing. And because of what they're doing allows us to have a a platform to like share them. One of the most incredible things, you know, of, this yoga practice, and whether we get to see everybody or not, it's just knowing that our efforts are literally touching and changing lives, like literally touching and changing lives. And sometimes I get to hear that in person. And sometimes, you know, maybe some of the team does, but we don't really realize the, like, there's this big question in the world of like, I think a lot of people are like, how can I change the world? And I'm not doing anything that's big enough. And we don't realize that the very thing that we're passionate about is actually doing so much and has a knock-on effect from person to person like if um let's say like back in the day like maybe two or three people would just sh- would show up to class and some teachers would be like oh well not enough uh you know i don't have a lot of numbers and it's like for me if i'm sipping into a class and there's just one person it's so exciting to be able to just share the practice with that one person because that's the very reason why we're getting into these things. And knowing that that one person can have a knock-on effect because of the way they're feeling and the way they're being in life. And so when I, when I look at the glow team and the, the innovation and the new ideas of like, how can we make a better experience, you know, for, for the people out there in the world to come and do something that's so sacred to them and literally choosing to spend their time, their life, like time is life to be involved in something that we're all co-creating together is just blows my mind. And so I just have so much love for, for the GLOW team, for the GLOW fam and all of them just putting in their energy and tapping into their passions and, and expressing them through this medium um, that we get to share collectively. It's just, I just love it. <laughs>
1: put a put a tear in my oh, eye bro. my friend. <laughs> it's amazing, right? You basically summed up why this was of interest to me to to get the ball rolling on this on this thing called Glow back in 2007. I'm so happy you did,
0: Ben. I love your story.
1: The moment this episode <laughs> posts, I'm going to
0: share it with our whole team and mm, yeah, let them know I love them. Just got so much appreciation. Oh, thank you. I can tell you guys directly. <laughs> awesome.
1: Team is everything truly, of course, along with nurturing healthy systems and process to support high performing and kind team
0: culture. Yeah, man, we need each other. And that's what I love, bro. Like, I want to say this as well, because of what's happening, because of you making that choice and glow existing and everybody else also in the world being like, pulled towards something that moves them and then they arrive at glow because it's available. If you build it, they will come (laughs) thinking of that movie. But at the same moment, what we're practicing here, like imagine that spreading out to everything into the world where all of us start to come back to that of just like how much we love to collaborate and need each other. And then the entire world starts to, it has that knock on effect because it is, and it is happening in real time. We just can't see it, but eventually we'll see and we'll just be like, wow, do you remember it used to be like that? And now it's like this mm. and this is mm. part of that movement. Like it's literally a movement. Mm. It's awesome.
1: I love that. The field of dreams. I think it's the movie. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> Bhagavad Gita on a field of battle. Ooh, true. Ah, this theme of field just keeps coming up. You know, the soccer field where teammates unite and collaborate under a, a common mission. the, field of the inner domain the field of the inner work that you invite people to engage as you teach Derek you should teach man and to hear that in in person you have people approaching you You, I'm sure you have glow fans out there on the world approach Mm. you in person
0: like Mm. what's that like (laughs) it's the best thing on earth man um I'm thinking of a few people like they'll either just drop in the class or, um, they'll reach out on, on social media and they'll be like, Hey, I'm coming to Bali Like, great, <laughs> let's meet up. Um, <laughs> or if you need anything, let me know. And I can just offer you, uh, just any cool places to go and see or visit or people to meet. But, um, it, it really fills me up to, cause I, when I, when I'm recording, I don't, I don't get a chance to see anybody um and to know that this avatar when one friend expressed it so well because we were talking about this very thing and um because i just so this is this is a a girl that came to class and she came to a few classes while she was visiting and then she went away and she's like hey you know like i really want to practice with you today like where can i practice i'm like well i'm on glow go check that out she went on there she sent me a picture of her practicing the class and and she said just like It's just amazing to have that ability where we do the class and then it goes into an archive, right? And then it's just like people can tap into that moment in their moment. So it's like time starts to bend and then they can still receive that practice. And it's just mind-blowing how we're, one, bending time and still being able to leave the essence where it's still like the avatar is still out there doing the work while in person we're still doing the work or going in whatever direction of choice. But then also meeting people where it's like, they've done the practice and then you, I get to meet the person and they're just like, wow, Mark, I was going through this in my life. And it was so challenging, but to be able to come to the practice, to be able to come to glow and do a practice with you like once a week. And then some of the other amazing teachers that on that are on there, they would tell me some of their favorites and we'd talk about that. And it's just like, I'm so appreciative to have that conversation to see the the knock on effect that it's having, and it's just one of my favorite things to to actually meet the people in person and and hear how it's like touched their life or if they have any other questions and you know and just meet person to person because like there's a lot of like I do appreciate that we have this these structures of like teacher and student, but also I like to kind of dissolve that a bit and just like have a a human to human, um, you know, conversation of just like, Hey, this is, this is you, this is what you're going through in your life. This is me and this is what I'm going through in my life and learning from each other. And, um, and what we're both getting from the practice and getting from other practices of life and, you know, just being a human out in the world. And um, I think that's what I, I love about Bali as well is that well, India too, but because I'm in Bali, I, I get to see like, I just taught a class at this retreat and some of the students were asking me like about, um, yeah, do you meet a lot of a Balinese practicing yoga? And I was like, yeah, they, they practice yoga, but they don't practice, a lot of them don't practice by rolling out their mat. It's like, it's actually ingrained in their ceremonies and their culture. Um, and it's completely different type of what we think yoga is you know cuz it's it's so vast the different approaches to yoga and um to it's it's like living in a, a yogic world living in bali you know so especially the bigger culture of like hinduism that's still here and some of the great um sages that um touch java and the javanese kingdom just spreading out through cuz we're right next to java uh, bali and in bali these ancient practices are still alive and um and yeah it's like uh to see yoga practice in a different like (laughs) it's making me think my dad came to visit and uh, he's really into photography so i I set up a um, i reached out to this guy to take him around to just shoot some amazing landscapes and uh, he Mm. he picked us up and uh, he took us to these incredible he took us to around kintamani which is just this beautiful like mountains and lakes and um just beautiful people. And anyways, uh, on our talk in, in the car, he's like, Hey, so what do you do? And I was like, I, you know, I teach yoga. And he's like, Oh, I practice yoga. I love yoga. And his practice is more around mantra and meditation. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me what he was getting from his yoga. And he was just so excited and just bliss blissed out. This guy was, and oh, it was just so awesome to see like, <laughs> you know, like the, the different approaches and the different styles and, and lineages of yoga.
1: Yeah, I, I'm recalling fondly back to some of my own experiences. My first time in Bali was in 97 and and a few other of the, of the islands in Indonesia. And it's so wonderful that you know, people like you and, and, and more and more so others are uh, uh, more comfortable with speaking uh, to yoga as something that is not just something that happens on a mat for example. And, and so I really appreciate that. And it's something that I, uh, you know, always, you know, from day one wanted to be part of. Mm-hmm. And if you look at our like screenshots of our first website, you know, we always had lectures taught by, uh, two professors in particular, professor Douglas Brooks and mm-hmm. professor uh, Chris Chapel. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that, uh, and, and we've always sought out teachers who, you know, have a uh, on 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 a continuum, some affinity for or resonance with um, that worldview as well, and so yeah, I, I appreciate that uh, you see it, you see it that way, and that you you have those experiences and help in the transmission of that in your teaching.
0: Mm, yeah, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you for doing that as well, because sometimes when we when we look out and we don't know what yoga is, and people. A lot of people will just see the asana and the poses on on social media. They think that they can't do yoga, right? You know, and then just that to realize that it's so much more, and that you don't—it's not just about the asana, but the asana could be a big part of it—is that you, everyone can yoga's for everybody.
1: That's right, and part of why that first class resonated so much with me is I was always an athlete, and so connecting the physical as a way in merging with the philosophy, which was the way I was first exposed to it in a philosophy class in, in college, that was one of my aha moments and mm. realization that, wow, there's something really here for me, at least at that point in my life. And so, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been quite a journey. You
0: know, what is your, what is your practice like now these days? Physical practice? Just uh practice in general, I suppose. Let's whip it all together.
1: Yeah, well, to to go back to what we were discussing earlier in terms of just that moment with Ella, mm-hmm. sitting there, being in support of her, observing how I am, how my energy is with her. Uh, and I could apply that to any relationship with my wife or with a colleague, you know, how I treat myself, my internal dialogue, mm-hmm. uh, the extent to which I'm able to or not able to access joy in any moment gosh if we want to go into like what i do from the moment i wake up to the moment i go to bed there are a variety of of practices right right. (laughs) but i don't know if we want to go there necessarily Uh, you know i would want to go into a much more comprehensive list of topics that i try to focus on that support my well-being top of my head Everything from hydration to nutrition, breath, uh, to talk therapy, to being in healthy relationships, to uh, my movement practices, to a variety of other interests that ultimately support cognitive and relationship health, like learning, curiosity, wonder, and, and so on.
0: I think that's good. That's like the, the source of it, right? I try so much for these to be about you and, and not about me. I, I, think, I think it's good to hear a little bit about you because as you're speaking, it's like that's, that's where my practice is as well. Just like the practice of, well, mostly off the mat, is, is realizing the things that I've taken from the mat. And again, this is like soccer. It's like this, that created a theater for me to get to, to, get to know myself. And then when I roll out the mat, or at least come into the space of yoga, it's another opportunity to check in to slow things down to see where I'm at, and then take that and this like, okay, in real time, the speed of life, (laughs) where am I at, and these tools that I learned on the mat about myself, just like, oh, yeah, that's what came up here. All right, how can I, you know, start to mold things into the direction of my choice, or who's the person that I how can I come from more love and and more spaciousness and more presence and the toe just, the two just interlink. So I, I love what you said is just like, that's, that's a lot of my practices. You know, how am I in real time in real life?
1: Right. I love that. How am I in real time? Because what we measure or monitor about ourselves is what we care about, which in turn helps us hold ourselves accountable to those metrics or those data points or behaviors of how we're showing up in real time. And as you said, the slowing down and monitoring in whatever form that takes provides a a practice and a learning, which then makes more room for humility, curiosity and uh, the compassion that we can bring to the next challenge or crisis that is just right around the corner
0: yeah and that's for me that's the the yoga practice that i endeavor to share you know through 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 the medium that we're sharing and is uh, just those those opportunities just being like you know what's the best version of myself that i would love to or just the remembering of how special we actually are and and um and how valuable this life is and every relationship and what it has to offer I feel like um, yoga kind of just turned up the light, you know, on all of that.
1: Mm. That's right. I like that. Dial up the light. Mm. Yeah, man. (laughs) Dial it up. And uh, it's helpful for me to remember the brighter we shine, the greater the shadow we can cast, the greater the shadow that we have to, to work with. And, you know, that in and of itself could open up a whole rabbit hole of discussion for us. And I I really don't want us to get too far off topic here. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll edit that bit out.
0: This is true. Also what you just said as well, like, um, like edit it as you wish, but I think what you said as well of like talking about the light, the brighter, the light, the, the bigger, the, the shadows, it was just, it just really encapsulated everything because it felt like a full circle of, you know, when I was speaking about like, we don't, we don't know anything and then you said that at the very end of just like we just we don't so all we can do is just continue to just learn and so there was this full circle moment of just like right that's so important you know <laughs> and it's so true you turn up that light baby the shadows <laughs> but then there's this like oh what i love about it, it it reminds me of perhaps marriage i've only been married for for uh like four or five years i think it is but the longer our relationship, it's just like there's this depth of love that feels so different from the passion and the excitement and the and the fireworks, but it's, it's still there. It's underlying, but it's more of just like this depth and love and this sinking into human being and just being in such awe and honor to be able to have the privilege of being this deep in relationship with somebody and um that sort of reminds me of like it's it's the same reflection of like with someone else and with my own relationship with myself and um yeah man i love that i love what you said so
1: yeah marriage a healthy marriage i find is uh is is definitely a, a holding and a being held in a way that creates that safe space for for me to be myself and across life stages and 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 likewise for for me to 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 be there for her mm-hmm. and you know, across her experiences and stages and yeah that's that's quite a a gift mark that sounds like a beautiful way for us to end our conversation thank you for trusting team glow with your teachings and i very much appreciate this conversation with you here mm-hmm. today
0: yeah thank you as well derek and and thank you too Yeah, the entire GLOW fam for the opportunity to co-collaborate our dreams. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Lots of love for you, man. Lots of love back at you.
1: Thank you to our entire team behind the scenes at GLOW. I'm so grateful for your care and commitment to serving our members around the world. Thank you to our teachers for so beautifully sharing your gifts and talents. I'm also grateful to our lovely community of GLOW members You've supported us since 2008. And because of you, we get to continue to do the work we love. It's the combined support of our team, our teachers, and our community that grants me the privilege to continue to bring you The Glow Podcast. Thank you to Lee Schneider at Red Cub Agency for production support. And the beautiful music you're hearing now is by Carrie Rodriguez and her husband, Luke Jacobs. And remember, take care of yourself because our world needs you. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. You can find The Glow Podcast on Spotify, apple podcasts or glo.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts i'm derek mills